You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Maroon center, no! Connor Hellebuck! Golden opportunity, Kyle Connor shoots and he scores! Kyle Connor! Triple overtime series winner! Can you believe it? Frankly, on to Morrissey, scores! Josh Morrissey! And welcome into a specialty episode of the Level Flight Podcast. We're here. It's eleven fifty-one p.m. On, I, got, uh, I got the lights on. You, you yeah. know it's late when I have the lights on. <laughs> yeah, it's eleven fifty-one p.m. on Tuesday night. Pierre Luc Dubois was traded to the LA Kings. I want to say six or seven hours ago, but all three of us were busy. I've got Elliot here. Brian is sleeping. Um, but he texted us his thoughts, so we'll get we'll get to that later. But we we wanted to put something out um, because we've been talking about the Dubois, the potential of a trade forever, right? And it finally happened uh, three days ago. Murata Tesh uh, is kind of breaking the deal down. He would outlined who's coming back, and then it took all this time, and it was finally official. Dubois extends long term in LA. They get the pieces back. Elliot, what were your initial thoughts when you saw the full package come in? I, uh, well, first, I assumed that the package was three forwards. And I thought that was already pretty decent for mm. somebody who we know has not uh, always been great at maximizing deals. But you have to think that adding in that second was pretty huge. But yeah. I think you also have to think. I wonder if the deal took longer, just as initial thoughts here. I wonder if Chevy was trying to get more than that too, and that's and he settled on the two. So I think that was that um, an insider said that somewhere. I believe that instead of Kapari in a two, they were trying to get another prospect, and that's kind of another holdup because today it was reported the holdup was extension, fitting in another cap, all that gymnastics but yeah maybe that was part of it too he wanted more, could, but, and maybe that's yeah. why it and you know what they've been talking since i believe that was sunday saturday mm-hmm. things started to ramp with la about sunday and then mm-hmm. it really only took off as of today so i'm wondering if sunday and monday that they were getting hung up on pieces and then obviously today was trying to get the deal done but i'm sure pierre dubois decided that you know what i'm we're, we're not really going to get a, another offer here montreal's Montreal's not really throwing much out there. So yeah, he probably just decided, you know what, let's just let's let it ride. Let's let's take a shot here. So no, I think uh I have to I'm gonna I'm going to applaud Kevin Shovel Day off here. Very quietly because it's late. Yeah. Applaud very quietly. It's it's a it it is a very good move on 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 the on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Um it's I, I think he did a great job. I like the pieces he brought back. It's not like, oh, I like one and the others are kind of, uh, I will get into it, but I like Gabriel Velarde. I love Alex Ayafalo. And I think Rasmus Kupari is a very interesting piece. And obviously a second round pick could be anything. And you could flip right. that. Yeah. And before we get into the players specifically, I want to echo that point. Like, for what the Jets are trying to do, you know, Elliot Freeman reported they're not trying to rebuild. They're trying to retool. This is a retool on the fly. For what they're trying to do, this is a perfect deal. 
-hmm. Velarde's 24 or 23, about to turn 24. He's an RFA, uh, 6'3", 215 pound winger that has shown flashes at the NHL level. Um, Kapari is a fourth line defensive specialist center at this point in his career, but at 6'2", 200 pounds, he skates decently well. I don't mind that piece. And then I, Alex Ayafalo is a middle six player at 4 million for the next two years. Like if the Jets are trying to compete next year and we know that the Jets aren't ever really going to fully rebuild, they're always going to try and compete. And for what they're trying to do, I think this was, this was a great deal. And that's, yeah. that's ba- basically all you can ask for. I think Dubois extending de- like definitely helped. Um, and then the second round pick that was not expected. I thought, it was going to be when I saw the the list come out that it was Velarde, uh, Ayafalo, Kapari, and a second. I thought it was going to be for Dubois, Harkins, and Stanley. Yeah. And then I think it was TSN that posted their graphic of the trade, and went Pierre Luc Dubois, and that was it. And I went like, what? I honestly like, yeah. Jed Harkins and Logan Stanley aren't really moving the needle on a trade like that. But I thought there would be some throw-ins from the Jets side, is what I'm saying, to get that second round pick. Yeah. But the fact that it was just Dubois and they still got the, the throw-ins and Kapari in a second, I think is is great work. Well, and I, and I know I mentioned it to you today. I Connor, Connor, Brian, and I were all texting throughout the day today. Um, and I said, I think that is a f- very good signs that Pierre-Luc mm-hmm. Dubois' value is this. And I know this isn't the episode to talk about. We'll probably be talking about it on, when we <laughs> on Thursday. But someone like a Connor Hellebuck, what does that do for his value? Right. Right. Now, that may hurt the Jets because they're going to be looking for a very high price tag. But I think it's earned for a player like that. But I I definitely agree. There were rumors going around that Vili Hainala's name was getting thrown in right. there. As, yes. as Rasmus Kupari's name was thrown in there, people were automatically saying, oh, Either Logan Stanley or Vili Hainala has to be Vili in a pick has to be in the deal. That's why they're getting this done. That's why they're getting so many young pieces. So, I'm I'm very very surprised and very impressed that Chevy was able to get that sort of haul for one player, and all that player had to do was sign sign the extension with Winnipeg, and get traded. That that is that is unreal. I will say I'm a little confused on how. Gabe Velarde does not sign technically have to sign an extension so that he gets signed and trade, but that's I know well, that's six. I wanted him to sign with the Jets and then trade to get the eighth year because you can mm. only sign for the eighth year with the team that you're currently on, got right? It. So if he got traded to the Kings and then they want to only be seven, be seven, right? So that's okay. why it's a it's a true sign and trade kind of thing. Got it. Um, okay, well that answers yeah. my question. There you go. So. Um, Yes, and before we bring up Brian, Brian sent us a text uh, before we bring up his thoughts. He brings up a good point about the whole leverage thing. Mm -hmm. Um, This was, that for me is what makes this deal all the more impressive, is we've been hearing for months, mainly from Canadians fans, but regardless, we've been hearing for months that the Jets have no leverage when it comes to Dubois, because he only wants to go to Montreal, and everyone knows it. And he's going to walk for free or you're going to get Christian Dvorak in a second and be happy with, right? That was what we were hearing for months. And then whether it's Pat Brisson, who is Dubois' agent, or it was Kevin Shoveldayoff, a market was created for Dubois. Like there was five or six teams in the mix. Um, And then Elliot Freeman makes the report he's going to narrow it down to one or two. And then LA eventually outbids everyone and signs him long-term. 
So props to Brisson and Chevaldea for creating leverage and creating a market because months ago we were saying they don't have a market. They don't have leverage because all he wants to do is go to Montreal. And then obviously that was proven wrong because he signed for the next eight years uh, in LA at 8.5 million per, which I don't know. It's, I, I wouldn't say that's a little high. If he reaches yeah. another level, I'd say that's good, but they need a backup plan after Kopitar retires. Kopitar is one year left. So I'm assuming yeah. that's what this is. He's going to be their number one center once Kopitar leaves, but hey, so you, you know up. what? You yeah. You, you got to pay up, but yeah, I, I, I definitely echo that. I think obviously we talked about Chevy having patience and having to wait for the perfect deal. He always has and patience. I, and, if and anything, you know what? he has and, patience. And, and you know what? I know we and we bashed him about it, saying you yeah. waited too long, you didn't get a deal done. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, we made comments at the trade deadline and other episodes, but look what happened. He was patient. Obviously, like you said, he created leverage. And I don't know, maybe Pat. I know Chevy obviously has to make the deal, and he has to make the pieces work because Pat Brisson can't t- say, hey, right. you should trade – so-and-so for so-and-so like he's just the agent mm-hmm. but it seemed like he pushed to pld quite hard hey you like nudge nudge you're, you you want to go to la and yeah. so i i'm gonna i'm gonna have to say that i think pat person has a little bit to do with this deal getting done because he, he told he, he's nudged pld in that direction told him mm-hmm. it's a good place to be i'm assuming called the kings and said hey i know you need a center I'll get my client on board. And if you're all in on him, then let's go all in. So he did a fantastic job. <laughs> if if I'm any other young NHL player, I I wouldn't want to I wouldn't see why you wouldn't want to have Pat Person as your agent at this point. Exactly. Because this yeah. is not the first time he's done that. It's just um, what he does. It's yeah, just what he just, does. Yeah. He's just that good. So but yeah, I, I think I think that's about it for just general talk. I think yeah. might be time to uh, let's get Brian's, yeah, Brian's thoughts, in here thoughts absolutely. That's what I was gonna say. Let, get Brian's players. thoughts in, and then sure, yeah. Um, so Brian texted to us. He said, "Pass a message on to the people from me." Quote: "I love the deal. Backed into a corner, no leverage, no sweat. I rag on Chevy a lot, and a lot of the time it's warranted, but this was a massive dub in all caps. <laughs> Lo- love Velarde and the game he plays. I think I follow is useful, and Kapari needed a change of scenery. The Montreal second is pure comedy. That has been your analysis, courtesy of Brian, who is likely asleep while recording this. Boom. Imagine that in Brian's voice, and that <laughs> that's his initial thoughts on the deal. Yeah. Um, he still found a way to get in there. I love it. I love Absolutely. It. Well, we, we couldn't um, let him not be in the episode. There was no way. Exactly. This is too big of an episode. Exactly. And at this ungodly hour, I don't even blame him for being asleep. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into what we like from each individual player, I want to go back to what you said about patience. The Jets have been linked. This is kind of off topic. The Jets have been linked to Travis Sanheim. And I just want to bring up one thing about Sanheim. He has trade protection that kicks in on July 1st and the flyers do not want to be on the hook for his contract. That is like for the next six years or seven years at 6.25 million. Um, it was reported today that there haven't been any more talks between the jets and the flyers. That is Chevy being patient because yeah. if they don't want to be on the hook for this long-term money and he has a full no move clause kicking in, in five days, that price is only going to go down. If yeah. there, it was reported that the asking price was the 18th pick, 
which when you're hearing this tonight, the the NHL draft, the Jets will be picking 18. Um, as far as was, we know, as far as we know, maybe more, um, but or less, who knows? Yeah. But um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because Chevy loves to be patient and we know it. And that's a situation where being patient will pay off because when you get uh, to Friday and Travis Sanheim's full no move clause kicks in the next morning, that price is going to be a lot lower than before the NHL draft, right? Like yeah. it's, it's a good spot to be patient in and it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can see them paying low or the flyers keep asking for a high price and the jets just say, Nope, you know what? We're not yeah. going to take, if you, if you don't want to play the game here, then we'll walk. We'll, we'll let you go and you can deal with trying to find somebody else to pay Travis Sanheim $7 million. So. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, in on Sandheim, he's a great player. Oh, I think he's absolutely a great player. Second best defenseman behind Morrissey, honestly. So, if they can be patient and swing that deal for cheap, I'm all in. Um, let's get back to the Dubois deal and the pieces that came back. Um, before we get into that, though, you are going to hear Brian's voice because we are going to get our sponsor in there. So, um, we're going to let Brian do a quick ad read, and then we'll be back with a breakdown on each player in the deal. All right. So, uh, you know, there's various different sports going on, uh, you know, but mm -hmm. right now you got things, you know, like the MLB, you got different things that you can, you know, check out on DraftKings Sportsbook. So new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Just bet $5 to score $150 in bonus, bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill, Boot Hill uh, Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Uh, all games re uh, are regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with the Hollywood Casino and Charles, uh, Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available uh, for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets uh, expire seven days after uh, uh, issuance. Um, one boost per eligible game, opt-in required uh, for 100% uh, boost. Uh, eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And we are back. Thank you again to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Elliot, let's get into it. Where do you want to start? Gabe Velarde? Sure, let's start with let's Velarde. Start with Velarde. So Velarde, from what Kings fans were saying, has shown a lot more promise on the wing. Now, he's a 6'3", 215-pound winger, um, I guess, forward, if you want to call him a way forward. I, yeah. I would just be forward at this point. Yeah, because the Jets might try him at center. They might try Perfetti at center. Um, we don't know where he's really going to play, but I think it's going to be in the top six. I can't really see them starting him in the bottom six, um, especially with the hole that Dubois leaves down the middle, right? So I've Got to. Big center plays physical has an outstanding shot that's what he was drafted for that's what he's known for is his lightning quick release and his hands are ridiculous um and he's posted good defensive metrics if you look at any analytic you look at any card j fresh card the athletic evolving hockey he posts good defensive analytics which is why 
I think at 6'3", 215, he'd work as a second-line center next year. Um, what are your thoughts on Velarde? Because I have liked Gabriel Velarde ever since I did some research on him when Dubois was potentially linked to the Kings. Um, and I think he's he's like a guy that might score 30 goals next year. And he posts good defensive metrics. Like, I don't really I'm, – I'm here for it. I, I think he's he's been one of my – not targets, but he's been a guy that I've been watching probably since he was in the OHL with Windsor and with mm-hmm. Kingston. I've just always been fascinated by his, his – his shot is just so good. Yeah. And he's got really good hands. But I think the piece that really makes me think, like, this is this, this is where the deal kind of takes to the next level – is not just because he's just an offensive powerhouse. I know the Jets need offense, but he's a guy that can put up 20 to 30 goals and you don't have to worry about him defensively. Yeah. Like he, he, that's should... so rare within the Jets forward core for the past like, yeah. three years. Like that, they, they him and I follow, we'll get into I follow as well, but defensively responsible wingers that put up incredible defensive metrics is something that has been an anomaly. Yeah. in Winnipeg, so and, it's and, refreshing. And, and it's somebody that I, I don't know if you know who our coach is, but right. it's it's a player that he will love to play. And you know what? If, the type of if, player that bonus would play 20 minutes a night. And that's that what I was going to say. That it's like, sure. That's what I'm saying. Don't be surprised when Gabe Velarde plays 22, 23 minutes a night. And you know what? In this case, I'm not mad at it because oh, I, I don't it. have to worry about him in transition or him in his own zone, like he is good defensively. And so I think that's where an actual two-way center card can actually be played here because you know he's going to – he broke out this past year, scored 23 goals, he had 41 points, obviously only played 63 games. If you add an extra 20 games, you probably add another – It's a 30-goal pace. It's 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 a a 30-goal pace. It's probably a sixty. Po- it's probably close to a sixty-point pace. I think that's really good for a second-line center, and you have to expect at him at twenty-three that he's only going to get better, right? So, yeah. I think obviously he is the main piece of this deal, but that's why, and he is mm-hmm. the exact player that the Jets have needed. Yes, his offense is the thing that steps shows to everybody, but it's the defensive part that the people that are really locking in on like people that are really following that follow the Kings and mm-hmm. follow the Jets. That's what everybody is locking in on. That he's a two way center. And I'm sorry, the Jets don't have a two way center mm-hmm. on the roster. They have offensive guys. They've got all defensive guys, but they don't have a guy who does it the full 280 feet or is it 280. Yeah. yeah. 200, like, 200, 200, two, sorry, 200, 200 feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either way. <laughs> The entire <laughs> I got it. However it, many feet it's, it is, it's late. It's late. I don't know. But the point the point I'm trying to make is is he's really good responsibly on both ends and in the neutral yeah. zone. That's all that matters. That and, yeah. and that's and that's the best part. And Kings fans, respectful Kings fans, were just pointing out the fact that he's shown more flashes on the wing, right? And I think it's worth giving him a shot at center. I mean, training camp is a few months away, obviously. We're not gonna see that and the line combinations going into training camp and stuff. But I think they'll start the year with him as a center because of what you mentioned, like having, and then if Mark Shifley gets traded, he's almost forced to be a center because Adam Lowry's not going to be our first line center. Right. So Gabriel, no. Gabriel Velarde is going to have to be if Shifley's on the move. 
Um, we'll see. There's a lot to be desired there, but all the points you said, I am 100% here for defensively responsible centers. Give it to me. And, and a guy who could score 30 goals. Like, that's yeah. that's legit. Um, let's move on to Alex Ayafalo, who I believe is 29 years old. He's got two years left at $4 million per middle six winger. Uh, another guy that posts really, really strong defensive metrics. He's going to kill penalties for the Jets. He's going to be on the top penalty kill for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and he put up a decent amount of points last year. I think it was 36 points in 59 games. It was. My head. You are but, yeah. on point. I was, I just wrote, I just finished writing an article. So <laughs> it's all fresh in the mind. Um, no, but he, he adds a bit of a scoring touch. And that's another thing with this trade is the Jets are going to have more balanced lines, but here we are again with another player that's going to be defensively responsible. Whether he's playing on Adam Lowry's wing or if he's playing with Mark Shifley or if he's playing with Gabriel Velarde and Nikolai Ehlers or Kyle Connor, he's a kind, the, the kind of guy that's going to break up plays in his own zone and make life easier on whoever's in net for the Jets, right? Because it might not even be Hellebuck. So many question marks. But yeah, IFL is a guy that if you're trying to win now, really, really valuable middle six piece. And another thing is you can flip him. There's been talks that um, they're not. I don't think they're looking to flip them right now. I thought I saw that on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, maybe. I did. I did. Yeah. I did, and I think I retweeted something. There was yeah. talk as soon as the deal was done, like 15 yeah. minutes later. Some I, I'm not. I'm not going to put names out there, but it was a. I believe it was a larger named, like national reporter, tweeted was, out uh, saying that the Jet. Not a, I, I believe so. Yeah. Period, yeah. Some somebody sent something out saying that they were already shopping him. Which I thought was a little Which, crazy. I yeah, I, I kind of I left a comment and said they just got him. It's not like he's a huge piece to Which, another deal. Which maybe yeah. he is, but I I don't think he would be. You'd but. look to flip him at the deadline, either this deadline or next deadline. I think with given his age, contract, what teams are looking for at the deadline, I think that's where his value will be the highest. Um, but as he's a member of the Winnipeg Jets, and I think he will be. Um, I don't know if they'll flip him, but we I, don't really I, know. I, I, I hope he shoots up for at least a good chunk of the regular season. I would hope yeah. so. But he's the kind of guy that whether he's on the third line with Adam Lowry or he's up in the top six with some gifted offensive players, he's going to fit anywhere in the lineup and thrive there. That, that's how I see I, Alex Iafalo. Um What were your initial thoughts when you saw him in the deal and what are you expecting next year from him? I was super excited. I've been a huge fan of his. I've always loved his defensive game. He's always been really solid. Obviously, he doesn't. He, obviously, when you look at Gabriel Velarde, we're hoping he puts up good point numbers, and he does. He has this super high. He's got a decent floor already. We're hoping he hits his ceiling, and he's this top six forward, hopefully top line forward at some point, right? That that's what the hope is with Velarde. I follow, mm -hmm. just a glue guy, perfect glue guy, mm -hmm. fit anywhere in the lineup. You're gonna get. Oh, yeah. You're gonna get. You're gonna get some offense here and there. He, he like he's not he's not the Jets have. He's a lot never of scored more than twenty goals. No, uh, he he would have been on pace for it. I think this year if he stayed healthy. Yes, but he's never he's he, his career high is seventeen in goals. His career twice. high assists is twenty six. Yeah, hit mm -hmm. seventeen twice. Points forty three. Um, so he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna put up fifty sixty points and twenty five plus goals, but. Again, defensively responsible fits anywhere in the lineup. And and I think that's important for the Jets. I think that was the biggest part in the deal was the way that the Jets got obviously rid of a very good player in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm -hmm. 
right. and they flipped him for a really good young player, a player that can fit anywhere in the lineup and is going to be a good depth piece. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we'll we'll get to him in a minute here, but kind of like a flyer in Rasmus Kupari that could be a good depth piece. But just quickly on Ayafalo, I think this is a great pickup from the Jets. I think mm-hmm. him defensively is going to be really good, and I just love that we can you can throw him anywhere in the lineup on the left hand as a left handed shot. I I, I just I I like it. I I don't think that it's. It's not a flashy move, and I know the Jets already have a lot of defensive players, but they're more quote-unquote grinders and guys that like mm-hmm. to dump and chase the puck, and they kind of play defense, and they kind of fit on the penalty kill because you have to play them there. This is a guy that's going to be defensive. He's on the penalty kill, and you're going to get a little bit of offense every once in a while, and I think that's right. a plus. So I, I just think this is – I'm a huge fan of his, so I'm I'm really glad that he's on the team. I think he's exactly yeah. – he he's the exact player that the Jets love – or like want mm-hmm. just on their yeah. roster and they want more of them. And I'm glad that they've started with Iofalo. Yeah. And at six feet, 200 pounds, he's not like small. I'd yeah. say like, that's not tiny. He, no. he can be physical. Um, yeah. I think picking him up, it, it, like you said, it's not flashy, but it's a good move. Um, let's move on to the flyer that you mentioned in Rasmus Kapari. Um, just looking up some of his stats here, 15 points in 66 NHL games last year. Um, they sent him down to the AHL at the end of the year, or maybe it was at the start of the year. I don't know. Hockey DB, it's either higher or lower. I'm not really sure, but he had nine points in 11. Mm-hmm. He had nine points in 11 AHL games. Um, he is a six to 200 pound right shot center, 20th overall pick of the first round in 2018. Um, and this, given the stats I mentioned, clearly he hasn't hit his stride at the NHL level yet. But based, I was saying to you earlier, mm-hmm. I need to figure out what is wrong with Rasmus Kapari because his defensive metrics are actually decent. And I don't know if that's an LA thing or if that's him. Um, but if you look at his defensive metrics, they're actually like there, like they're all right. Uh, and then obviously the offense isn't there with 15 points in 66 games. But I see some of the clips, the goals he's scoring. It's like him on a breakaway. He's flipping it far side over yeah. the shoulder of Mark andre Flair. I'm like, this is like a gorgeous goal. And he's he's a good skater for his size, for sure. Um, but going into next year, I think he's nothing more than a fourth-line shutdown center. Mm-hmm. Um, don't expect him to come into the top six anytime soon. Like, that would be an ultimate, like, gamble. And that would pay off if he ever made it into the top six. But him being a fourth line shutdown center uh, that can, I don't know, he's a good skater, post decent defensive metrics. That's what the Jets have had mainly as their fourth line center for the last yeah. couple of years. So I don't hate it. Uh, it's again, it's, it's a flyer. It's a 20th overall pick in 2018. If he can unlock some of that skill, maybe he, his ceiling is a third line center. Um, that's how I see Rasmus Kapari in this deal. And then obviously you have the second round pick, if you kind of conjoin those together, that's that's a good asset in one. Um, but what what were your thoughts on when you saw Rasmus Kapari in the deal? There was lots of other names thrown out there that obviously they were saying that there's going to be another player involved. And mm-hmm. I'm looking through the list, and it was kind of okay. Well, we're not getting Byfield anymore. No, no, Eric Dolan, uh, not really. No. Turcotte, uh, Lazat, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And so the name that did jump out was Rasmus Kapari, and so. Mm-hmm. Getting him, I think, is like you said. I'm hoping come training camp, he looks at fourth line center. 
obviously we have a couple guys that are probably going to be trying to fight for that spot. Uh, Gustafson and Stenland, if they bring him back. Absolutely. And so there's a couple guys as long as they don't walk. So my initial thought, and I think I said this to Connor earlier today, I wouldn't be also surprised if the Jets decide to send him to the Moose to begin the year Mm -hmm. and see if he just explodes and then they decide to call him up or they start him at the NHL roster. He's not really working and they go, you know what? We've seen Gustafson or Stenland play really well or play pretty well at the NHL level. Let's get Kupari some more time. So I wouldn't be surprised at 23 years old that he – has the had plays with the moose a little bit so and on the moose seat like what they would do there if they were to go that route is they'd play him on the top line they'd play him on the top power play they'd play him on the top penalty kill they would give him 23 minutes a night as the top line center um maybe with brad lambert on his wing i don't know yeah like you, you so never know right maybe the to moose, see if they could know. unlock his offensive potential and and right. and, and, and some confidence and yeah. i know we're trying to placehold guys and put guys in spots right now mm-hmm even with the roster in flux, but guys like Brad Lambert, you have to think about Chaz Lucius. You have to think about, right. So guys might get beaten mm-hmm. out for spots, right? Like Kupari may come in and they may think, Oh, he's fourth line center. And I don't know, maybe Brad Lambert comes in, he plays center for the jets in training camp looks great in preseason again. And the jets go, well, we kind of have to send Kupari down now because somebody mm-hmm. jumps out. So as much as we're like obviously, Gabe Velarde is a lock for the top six. I follow. We don't care where he plays as long as he's in the lineup. Middle six somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as he's in the lineup, I don't care. Right. <laughs> so yeah. realistically, he adds that adds depth. Kupari is the only wild card because you also have to look at the other prospect mm-hmm. the prospects the Jets have drafted and played well. And so you kind of yeah. have to. I I honestly would even after how he played in training camp, I'd even throw maybe Danny Jilkin into the mix at least getting yeah. a look. Right. Yeah. Obviously, that's a different conversation for a different different time. That's a couple months down the road. But just to throw that out there that, yes, mm-hmm. we're throwing Kupari in at fourth line center, but that's why I bring up the for him to get sent down to the AHL. He right. may have to spend some time there just because the Jets need to figure out what the heck they're doing with the rest of their roster as their yeah. other prospects come up. I think, I think a best-case scenario for Rasmus Kapari starting next season is an Ayafalo Lowry Kapari. Like they move him to the wing. They run that as their third line. And it's just an ultra shutdown line that matches up against the other team's top line. Um, that plays like 16 minutes a night because bonus, like you can lock Adam Lowry in for 16 minutes a night. But yeah, um, I think having an ultra shutdown line that maybe Ayafalo and Kapari can find something uh, or they split up the offense a little bit and filter it down the lineup. But I think a best case scenario is maybe on Adam, Adam Lowry's wing for Kapari yeah. and just being in a defensive role. I think that's best case. Um, most realistic case, like we said, fourth line center, worst case, AHL first line kind of thing. It'll be an interesting battle to watch in training camp between those names that you mentioned. Cause David Gustafson, if he can stay healthy, we've really liked his game here on the podcast. We've endorsed what he can do. Um, and if he's able to stay, to stay healthy, that's not a bad fourth line center training camp battle. And here, here, just so that we put that out there, we mentioned Gustafson, Stenland, uh, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert. Sorry, is that, wait, no, sorry. I'm Lambert as a center. Yeah. Well, because he played center. So, yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Gustafson, uh, Stenland, 
Lambert, Lucius, Kupari. Then you have to add in maybe Jokin. That there's six yeah. guys there that are trying to fight for a fourth line center spot. And like obviously, Kapari, I think, and Gustafson and Stenlin are going to be given the benefit of the doubt oh, over the younger guys. So the names you mentioned there, you're gonna like Lucius and Lambert are going to have to wow out of training camp to be in the Jets lineup kind of thing. But absolutely. I'm more yeah I, I, of the names you mentioned. I'm more looking at the veterans because I think bonuses the oh. coach to go with a Kapari, Stenlander, Gustafson. Like not like Kapari and Gustafson are veterans, but Lambert's like 19. So there's there's levels to but, it. But I just throw those names out there because you never know, right? right. Like yeah. you you we, did we expect Brad Lambert to even like get considered for an NHL spot last year? No, and. No bonus thought about it like he 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 had a cup of coffee and and he yeah yeah, he had a cup of coffee about it and and thought about it right and then he went you know he spent time time with the moose but yeah either way yeah no i agree i i think that was a pretty good breakdown of all the names involved in this deal um just quickly we know what the kings are getting pierre luc dubois is a fringe first line second line center um, on a contending team, an elite second line center, like if Kopitar still there one C, Dubois is like one of the best second line centers in the league at that point. Um, so it's a good move for LA if they're really trying to build a a wall down the middle there with now Kopitar, Dano, um, Dubois, Byfield eventually. Like if Kopitar goes next year, then they've got they still got Dubois, Dano, and Byfield down the middle. Like they they're they're set at center for a while now. Um, so that's that's their thought process here. Obviously, we know how good Pierre Luc Dubois was for the Jets. We don't really need to go into detail yeah. on what the Kings are getting. Um, He's a good player. Yes, absolutely. He he earned the contract that he got um, for sure. And yeah, I, unless there's anything else you want to kind of check in on NHL draft tomorrow, it's been quiet on the Hellebuck and Shifley front. Like I haven't. There hasn't been many rumors. Today was filled with Dubois stuff, though. So that's well, it was filled with other trade with. teams making True. cap space for players as well. Like, True. so there could be, and I believe, and I'm in the belief that there were deals made today, so that there mm-hmm. could be deals done tomorrow, uh, as soon as the draft starts. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see what the Devils do. They gave they they, for Tyler Toffoli tonight. They well, and they traded Sharon Govich in a three. For, and they turn away Blackwood, yeah. Yeah. So you you kind of have to think if you're the if you're a Devils fan that maybe that's in the cards, but we haven't really heard much on the Hellebuck front, and I don't know if we will. Right. Like, I I I don't think we will until either tomorrow or we don't until like day two of the draft, maybe. But we'll see. Yeah. It's it's going to be an interesting off season. Like we said, we've got a couple months till training camp, so this roster could be the same as it is right now or vastly different. <laughs> yeah. I will say, with an agent like Pat Brisson, it's understandable why there was so much talk about Dubois to LA, right? Like, he's pulling strings. He's getting people to say this. He's getting Elliot Freeman to say this and Frank Saravalli to say this because that's what he does. He's upping Dubois' value, right? Um, with Hellebuck, I don't know how his agent operates. This this trade might just, like, come out of nowhere. It might yeah. just be Elliot Freeman, Hellebuck to New Jersey. Boom. And that's all you hear. Yeah. It's like, whoa. And then it's like, the details come out i think that's on the table but yeah we today um when you're hearing this and when we're recording this because it's now 12 30 um (laughs) is the nhl draft the jets pick at 18 we'll see if they pick again they make a move maybe they trade that pick away for a player that they really like i don't know 
we we've haven't really heard much. Um, we did a draft preview last week, so if you didn't listen to that, check it out. We outlined a Definitely. lot of names. Um, there's going to be a lot of value at 18 that we that's basically what we settled on. A lot of forward value, um, and I'm excited. The draft is always fun. It's 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 start of a new era kind of thing. Um, it's fun to potentially see prospects slide to the Jets because the Jets love to scoop up um, players that are sliding on draft day. So, yeah, I don't it's, know. Unless you want to add anything else, it's uh, it's going to be a jam-packed week. We're also going to record Thursday morning Yeah. Um, after the draft to break down be the Be prepared for that episode to be long because yes, we will that's probably, probably going to be a long one. That's going to be – big because we'll talk about the pick we'll talk about other teams if there was huge i, I i'm just saying this now if we there's a huge deal that made that doesn't that. involve yeah. yeah if it doesn't involve the jets we may talk about it if it's big enough right. to get talked about so but we'll see we'll see yeah yeah uh we'll definitely talk the pick we might touch back on the dubois you'll give brian more of a chance to express his thoughts um and then yeah if hellbuck gets dealt if shifley gets dealt that's all going to happen in the next 48 hours kind of thing um, I'm not saying if they don't get traded in the next 48 hours, it's off the table, but it's kind of expected that like, this is the time of year that big trades happen. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, it should be a really fun episode Thursday. I can't it's wait. It's going to be lots of fun. I hope there's lots for us to talk about. I hope we're not going I... in there just, just with the draft pick. But yeah. We'll see. And, and if, watch the Jets will pick once nobody's traded and they don't do anything else. Yeah. You, the only time you hear their name is when everyone else is talking about them on the uh on the yeah. draft floor and with and the we're gonna be chanting, it. run it back run it back <laughs> let's go we're running it back i'm, I'm gonna be ball. at the draft party at clc so i really yeah. hope i don't hear a hear it back chant going because i definitely don't think i'm gonna be uh joining <laughs> I don't in. Think I don't anyone think... will be <laughs> chanting run it back <laughs> i also don't think you can chant run it back when you potentially are trading away right. two of the most the quote unquote most important pieces on the team and trying to buy out your former captain. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. If I don't even really think it classifies as a run it back right now. Yeah. Even you traded Dubois and buy out Wheeler. I don't even know that that's kind of running it back. I don't know if the defense doesn't change at all. I I'd classify that as running it back. <laughs> God, <laughs> please that. don't let that happen. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. um, let's get out of here. It's way too yeah. late. We gotta, yeah. we gotta go. Yeah, um, good. Enjoy the draft everyone. Uh, yeah. thank you for listening this is a super fun episode I love doing these spontaneous um, someone these gets traded we did this for for Niederreiter too when the Jets acquired them so yeah these are fun um, we'll talk to you guys we'll, you'll hear from us Friday because we'll record Thursday post Friday um, and yeah on draft day I'll say go Jets go go Jets let's do it let's go you've been listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network Thank <sighs> you.